And so we're given this illustration in the movie of the two farmers. And you have one that uh, prayed to God and just left his field. He prayed to God, give me rain, and he just left the field. The second farmer prayed to God, and then he got to work, preparing the field to be able to receive the rain. Now, they drew their lesson out of that for this movie's purposes. Um, but what is the difference between the two farmers' attitudes um, inside of the context of this illustration? I would propose that is their perspective. Only one of the farmers truly had faith that they would see God's work. Too often, we hear people say when faced with a difficult task, well, I'll just trust God, and they don't take action. They might prayer, but they don't prepare the fields, as this parable we are given this morning suggests. Now, who of you here or uh, listening today here or online can believe that God will and can do great things in our country this year? Now, we need to have faith and prepare for that to happen. So this is part two of our series, Good Things Are Coming. I heard a story of a boy, we'll call him Little Joey. Little Joey and his family were out of town when Sunday came around. They were visiting a church that they'd never been to before, but back home when they had communion, the pastor would announce that they were going to pass the bread and juice. At this other church, after he called up the deacons, the pastor said, the elements will pass among us. For some reason, Joey leaned over with excitement and whispered something to his mom. And out of nowhere, she starts laughing uncontrollably. Nobody can figure it out, but it becomes such a disruption. She has to take little Joey by the hand, take him outside and to the car where she continues laughing hysterically at what, she, at what he had just told her. When they got to the car, Joey was indignant. He said, Mom, we're going to miss the parade. The pastor just said the elephants were about to pass among us. <laughs> Apparently never heard the word elements before in that context. Perspective is important. From time to time, it's okay to be able to laugh at things like that. It's fun to be in church together and to be able to fellowship with believers. And today we are in the book of Philippians, which is a letter written by Paul while he was in prison. He was suffering and being punished for teaching about Jesus. And one might think that uh, he should have been lamenting this great injustice that was happening to him as he was in chains. Instead, what we see is that the Apostle Paul was rejoicing over God's work that he saw happening right before his eyes. And he tells us that uh, he tells us what was being accomplished through him being in chains in verse 13 as it reads, as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And I find it fascinating because it tells us the palace guard, the people that are around him in these high positions are observing the apostle Paul in prison. They can't figure out why. So they're asking the question, what's this man doing in prison? What did he do? And the answer is because of the gospel 
of Jesus Christ. So they immediately start to learn that the gospel message is that all of mankind is lost in their sins and destined to be separated from God. Romans 3.23 puts it this way, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then you're given the opportunity to tell them that God's, that God's love is so great that he sent his son, Jesus, into the world to take our punishment upon himself and restore us into relationship with the Father through his blood. Romans 10.9 then goes on to say this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that is what these people in the palace finally got to hear, is that, this, is that God loves them, cares about them, sent his son to even die for their sins, and they never were given that opportunity until Paul was locked up and in chains for the sake of the gospel. In addition to the gospel being preached, Paul said that Christians were becoming bolder about preaching the name of Jesus. He says in Philippians 1.14, Because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It's no secret today we have experienced censorship in America like we've never experienced before. Not only are social media platforms banning free speech, they're banning other social media platforms that are not banning free speech. And so we got quite an extreme situation as it relates to our freedom to speak freely. And this is all happening during a time when we're not even allowed to gather in large numbers. Social media has been a main outlet for community during this time as we're not really able to socialize or communicate through any other means uh, without the threat of some sort of punishment. So isolation is what is expected from us. For, quite frankly, isolation is the devil's work. So what should the response of God's people be? Should it be fear? Should it be conformity? How about boldness? How about God's people today? Do what the people in Paul's day did. They became more bold as a result of Paul's persecution and the threat of even imprisonment for the sake of the gospel. Now, I love this account from the book of Acts. This isn't Paul, but rather it is uh, Peter and John in the book of Acts chapter 4. In verses 1 through 5, we read this account of them. The priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John because it was evening. They put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. Now in Acts 4.17, these religious leaders take John and Peter aside while they're in jail and say, Hey, you can't be talking about this Jesus anymore. No more teaching 
in the name. And John and Peter are like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure not to ever do that again. Did they say that? No, they didn't say we're not going to teach in the name of Jesus anymore. Instead, in verses 19 and 20 of chapter 4 of Acts, tells us what their response was. And I love this. They say, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So when someone tells you not to preach in Jesus' name, you preach all the more, bigger, louder, and to more people. Of course, the boldness of the apostles was not about pride. They saw God's work happening all around them. We need to see God's work happening all around us. And to accomplish this, we need to have the right perspective because indeed, the Lord's hand is at work in all circumstances, all around us, in everything. And we must not look at things the way that worldly people look at things. Rather, we are to see things the way that God wants us to see them. Psalm 27, verses 1 through 5, put it this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. In the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling place. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. I move down to verses 13 and 14 now, uh, where we finish up this thought. It says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we see that a good number of the powers that be seek to throw us off, seek to try to distress us, and yet, Lord, your servant David wrote these words to encourage us, to make it clear that there is not one person that we should fear. There is nobody that we should be afraid of. And your example in Paul is that even in his darkest moments, he is rejoicing, knowing that his Savior lives. And for John and Peter, that even though they were arrested, even though they were beaten, even though they were persecuted and told not to preach in the name of Jesus, they amplified their message so that more and more people would be aware of the salvation of Jesus Christ and how minute their suffering was in comparison to the glory that awaited them. Father God, we thank you for this blessed hope that you've given us in your Son, Jesus. 
We pray, Lord, that we look at each new day as an opportunity to serve you and to bring others to the knowledge of salvation. So, Lord, I pray you bless our walk. I pray you bless the work of our hands and help us, Lord, as we prepare the field for harvest. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.